Hello, friends, and thank you so much for tuning in today. This is the PMDD podcast, and my name is Adriana. I am not a medical health expert. I am warning listeners that there may be sensitive topics surrounding mental health and health procedures. The content here is for informational purposes only, and because each person is so unique, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions. In today's episode, we have the lovely Brianna. Brianna, thank you so much for coming onto the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure to connect with someone who's been on a similar journey and finding answers outside of, you know, sort of the normal routes and and having that sort of PMDD experience that's out of the norm currently, but hopefully it's becoming more normal. Oh, totally, totally. And from what I gather, you've been doing a lot of research. Um, So there's going to be a lot of information that you will be sharing today. So I'm really excited about that. So let's, let's start with where are you in the world? So I'm based in Phoenix, Arizona. Excellent. And where are you? If you know, sometimes you don't know, but I, it sounds like from, <laughs> from what we're going to be talking about, you will know, where are you in your cycle? Yeah, so I am between follicular and ovulatory phase. So I'm kind of making that transition. Excellent. Excellent. So we're feeling good today. So we're feeling good today. Yeah. (laughs) I've completely made an assumption, but. (laughs) Yeah, no, I was, I've seen this meme that I love and it's like, don't let follicular you plan things that luteal you does not want to do, you know? And I'm just like, thankful that that's what I did this time. I planned some podcast interviews when I feel good, like thanking my past follicular self. Absolutely. And and this is something that I always talk to my guests about. Like I always have like a a little pre-chat and then we go to um, schedule the, the actual podcast. And I'm always like, just make sure you know where you are in your cycle if that's a, still a thing for you. Yeah. <laughs> but no matter what, it doesn't matter when. If, if We always sound cheerier and brighter during this time. So I, I, think I, I think I was ovulating yesterday. So I'm like, woo, arms up in the air, yeah. let's do this. <laughs> I love it. So Brianna, uh, let's start with sharing a little bit about your journey with PMDD up until this point. Yeah. So for me, I had PMDD since my first period. So it was always my experience. And I just always thought that was what it was. Um, And I always say it took me like 13 years before I started even asking the question of like, this can't be normal. Um, cause a lot of the time I spent sort of going back and forth between this can't be what everyone else is doing because how are they at the gym and how are they showing up places and doing things? But I basically would just kind of go into that self negative self-talk of just like, well, I must be weaker or, you know, just anything negative of like, I'm not coping as well as other people. Or then I had, um, my husband would actually sometimes be like, I don't know, this friend that I rock climb with, like she's says it's like annoying, but you know, it's, that's it. Mm. And, and I would get defensive of like, okay, well, that's like the unicorn experience, right? That's not normal. Um, and so for, for years, just kind of like struggling with that and just the cycle. And I always had an awareness of like, this is 
coming, but I didn't know when, and I didn't know how to handle it when it hit or when it was going to (laughs) stop. And so I think with that, like a lot of, you know, just body issues come up a lot of, you know, scarcity mindset, because I was always trying to push myself harder when I felt good, because I didn't know when that was going to end. And that kind of came to a head when I was in grad school. So I was getting uh, my master's and I was actually doing my master's in Spain. So I was long distance from my husband at the time. I'm kind of like isolated, you know, doing this master's program and my symptoms were pretty bad at the time. And so I started just Googling everything that I could think of, you know, my symptoms. I was like, it has to be something with my period at that point. I, you know, had some sense. And then that's where I found uh, a forum that was talking about PMDD. And as soon as I read it, it was just like, that's my experience. And and so I actually uh, never went through the process to get formally diagnosed because I was like, from everything I read, it's like, okay, they're going to have you track your symptoms. And I'm like, at this point, I am very familiar with the process and the experience. And so many forums were talking about just like how hard it was to find a doctor to get them to give you a diagnosis. And it was just like, I don't think I need that on top of what I'm experiencing. Um, But that just was a a huge shift of having the language to say like, this is what's happening and, and this is when it's going to happen and, and all of that. But then that relief kind of immediately shifted to, okay, so there's no answers. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Cause at the time, and I think you've had a similar experience where it's like, you can go on the pill, you can go on antidepressants or menopause. And I was 23 at the time. So I was like, there's no way besides the fact that I wanted a family and, you know, had plans. I was like, there's no way I'm finding a doctor who's going to consider any of those options at 23. And so I was just like, I guess this is it. So in my relationship that turned into like, now we at least have the language to say like, okay, I just need space for the next two weeks um, and kind of coping and kind of settled for that for a while. And it, my experience kind of felt worse after the, di- the initial diagnosis because it was just felt so hopeless Um, but then I, uh, after my first kid and then my second kid, it was just like, this isn't sustainable and I'm not showing up in my family the way that I want to. And I'm like, there's gotta be something more. So that was a huge catalyst to like, go back to Google and say like, maybe something's changed or maybe there's something else I can find. And that really led me down the path of what if I look into hormone imbalances? Like, I know it's not the same, but maybe there's something there that can at least give me something. Um, So I actually did a coaching session with someone who specializes in polycystic ovarian syndrome, Mm. which now I kind of laugh about because the symptom profile is like not, there's very little, if any overlap, but it was just like someone saying like, I can tell you about how female hormones work and should work. And it was just like, okay, take my money and help me. (laughs) Totally. And so that was the big shift for me where I started to go down that path and then learned about cycle syncing and started to feel back in control and have a path forward in managing my symptoms from there. Mm. Isn't it just amazing how just even the awareness of our menstrual cycle like that in itself was the biggest like eye-opening experience and I just for me I, I mean I 
I'm 38 now and I only knew about it when I was 35. <laughs> That's like three years ago. And I'm like, I just look at it and, I, and obviously I'm learning more and more about it now and I just think, how did I not know? How did I not know? Um, so, so tell me the things that you sort of learnt that really like sort of just shun a light on, on the cycle. Yeah, so the thing that was most pivotal for me was understanding that there's four phases to the cycle. So it's not just your menstrual cycle or, or the menstrual phase. There's follicular phase, ovulatory phase, and luteal phase. And obviously, I was very familiar with my experience of luteal phase. Um, but over the years, I kind of developed an idea of what a normal, healthy body, even a healthy female body looked like was follicular phase, that high energy feeling good every single day. Mm. And that's how our society set up. You have, you know, your nine to five job and you repeat and that's every day. And then, you know, I looked at my husband who just was the same every single day with his little, you know, fluctuations, little blips here and there, but it was just always the same. And so I expected that that's how my body should be. And so I was constantly fighting the fact that it wasn't the same every day. And so understanding that even though my experience of those phases and those shifts was extreme, it was still my body doing what it was supposed to do. And that it gave me that vision for what I was actually even trying to feel like, Hmm. you know, it gave me that, like, this is what optimal female experience looks like. And that shifted it for me of like, okay, that's something that feels potentially attainable for me. Mm. So do you want to just give maybe a little bit more depth into each of those those cycles? Because I, like we said before we started recording, I don't think we've actually, I, uh, on any of my previous podcasts, we don't, haven't actually gone into depth of each part of the cycle. And I think it's so important, just this awareness of each each part. And, and, and I think we're going to go into a bit more into the sinking, what you sort of mentioned before. Absolutely. Yeah. So I actually like to think about um, the cycle as starting with follicular phase, which is the phase right after your period, because that to me makes more sense in terms of what's happening under the surface, um, because it's really about the process of ovulation. And so follicular phase is really that beginning where estrogen is starting to rise and then it peaks at ovulation, as well as testosterone peaks at ovulation. And then those hormones, estrogen stays elevated, but then progesterone comes in during luteal phase. And that's sort of the high hormone phase before it then drops off again for your period. But really it's the period is the culmination of the process, Mm. right? And so I like to start there and that understanding. And that was helpful for me to understand the phases and and why the energy shifts the way it does, because you can't separate it from ovulation and the fact that your body's designed to at least potentially reproduce month to month. Mm, absolutely. <laughs> and so the follicular phase is when our hormones are still low. And so with that comes a lower appetite, high energy, Um, We typically, the mental energy there is really like big picture brainstorming, ready to take on new challenges. You know, you're signing up for all the things you're making all of your big plans. 
And then that energy really shifts outwards with ovulatory phase. Because again, with the rise in estrogen and testosterone, it increases sociability where you want to hang out with friends. You want to go out you know, for happy hour and do all of that. And then also in that phase, your communication is at its strongest. You're better at problem solving. So it's really a great time to schedule things like podcast interviews and, you know, those things, those big, important conversations, because you're going to be able to communicate them more effectively. Mm. And then in luteal phase, what happens is that energy starts to move a little bit more inward and with a focus on detail oriented and wrapping things up. So I like to think of it too, as sort of a nesting phase, because this is your body. It's like, if you conceived in that cycle, your body's like, we got to get things in order and be ready for a potential, you know, a baby. And so it's, you know, it's, it's that nesting and wrapping up. And then it's also your appetite goes up because your body's just preparing. And so this is also when we get hit with cravings. Um, but really those cravings are signals that you're hungry, you're more hungry. And, It's so important to like, listen to that because we always want that salad that we ate the week before to be enough and we'll just pack the same food and it'll be fine. But the, the research actually shows that our just baseline caloric need goes up anywhere from 90 to 250 calories a day. Wow. During luteal phase, you know, which is that candy bar is the bag of potato chips that you want to reach for. And it's, getting to a place where you can anticipate that. So you're eating, adding in the nutrient dense, complex carbs that are going to help sustain you Mm. across the day instead of, you know, finishing that salad. And then an hour later being like, okay, where's the snack machine? (laughs) Yes. Oh, and it's so funny. Like I'm just looking back of my last two weeks and it's, it's, I'm sinking like to the T. So what day we're here. So we're midweek at the moment. Last week when I was in my follicular phase, I literally was like, right, next week I want to salsa dance and I want to do drumming lessons. And I, and exactly what you said before, I signed up to those. (laughs) (laughs) And then yesterday I started ovulating and I, went to oh yeah a couple of days ago I went to salsa and I did drumming lessons last night and I was just like in the middle of it all being like yes I'm so part of this I want to be around you all but you know and it's it's just funny like in I just know but in a week's time I won't be that as wanting to hug everyone (laughs) it's so interesting isn't it It is. And and that's the thing that I've loved about learning about it and just women that I've worked with so far is even just walking through this brief explanation of what the phases are. And there is an immediate like, oh, like that explains my whole life. Like it's not something new. You're already cycle syncing to an extent, right? We're cyclical beings and that's happening. But the power of cycle syncing is instead of just acting in the moment in that current energy that you have, it's also anticipating it. So you plan your tasks out or, you know, these things like your dance class, you're thinking ahead to when you want to do that, as opposed to, because what can happen a lot is that follicular energy self will be like, I'm going to plan all the things. And then luteal you has to show up and you're just like, I'm not feeling it. And so it's, how can you shift that where now you're doing that detail oriented scheduling of your social calendar in luteal phase when you don't really want to do the thing yet, but you have that, that energy to 
actually schedule it out because that's also not the most fun part either. When you're in that moment, right? You don't want to deal with calendars and whatever. You just like want to show up. And so it's trying to get that aligned so that what's on your calendar matches the energy that you're in the day that it's there. Mm. And I think another point to raise is that don't beat yourself up if you, because sometimes I I get a bit ahead of myself and I'm like, yeah, I'm feeling great and I'll be fine in my luteal phase. Yes, I can do all the things because at the time of scheduling it, Mm -hmm. we're feeling great. So you're like, oh, yeah, 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 but this month will be different and this month I'll be able to do all the things right. that week, et cetera, and it comes to that week and I can feel it. Like I, I I get this anxiety in my chest when I start looking at the calendar and I'm like, what have I just done? What am I doing to myself? Exactly. And then I beat myself up and then, you know, and then I have to cancel all the things or I show up and push myself where, you know, if, you know, friends should understand right (laughs) it's it's like Mm -hmm. I'm just not feeling that today I'm really sorry I just can't make it and the friends should understand um so it's yeah it's really important that it's okay to overcommit during that time and still be able to back out you're not the weakest link at that point (laughs) absolutely and I think another part of that is getting clear on which things like the value you place on certain events, right? Because I think there's times where there's value in pushing through and showing up for someone. An example I like to give is someone's wedding. Like they're not going to schedule their (laughs) wedding or, you know, postpone it because you're not in your most optimal moment uh, of your cycle. But that can be so worth showing up for and engaging with. Mm -hmm. And then the piece that you can add on is knowing that when you have something on your calendar that's out of sync with your cycle, that's when you plan the extra self-care to know that you're going to need additional recovery. Mm, mm. Like literally just if, I, if I'm thinking I had to go to a wedding during that time, there would be like sound healing going on before the wedding <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and sound healing going after the wedding. I would just be completely horizontal before and after. <laughs> Because that would take a lot, and I th- and I and I want to talk about that because that's okay, that's okay. Because I know that if I was going to a wedding, I would want to show up as my my best self, and so it would take a lot for me to show up like that. But I would want to, you know. So I, I like that you you know that you would that you've mentioned that we need to to schedule that self care if if we need it at that time, and it's okay. It's okay to do that. Yeah. And that's, that's life, right? And because part of it is you can obviously do anything at any part of your cycle, right? As women, we've been doing everything whenever it's needed for years, you know, and for generations. So it's not about it being a limiting thing of like, oh, I can't do that. It's knowing that there's an easier way to show up authentically and genuinely in your relationships and, and in your work and whatever it is that you decide to do. And there's ways to then balance that out and know that, okay, if it's wedding weekend for you, it might be, I'm going to the ceremony and then the rest of the weekend is rest, but -hmm. you block out a whole weekend for that, you know, and just working with your body instead of trying to fight it all the time. Cause that was one thing too, with my PMDD symptoms, when they were really bad, like that's when I look back, I was constantly fighting it. 
I was trying to hold in the tears or I was trying to make it stop as opposed to just like allowing, like, this is a bad moment. Um, and I would also get into places where it's like, this isn't just a bad moment. It's going to be a bad day and it's going to be a bad week. And, you know, it would just escalate because I was just all of that tension and everything was trapped in my body. And when it became okay to just say like, all right, today's not the best day or like, and just let it be. And it allowed for there to still be connection during that time and not become as isolated either. Mm. I think also what has come up, especially in recent episode episodes, and I don't know whether I've really touched upon it, but you've just, you've just said it, this beautiful self-talk during that time. <laughs> Sometimes like yes. there's so much power in that. I, 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 I guess that's something that I have been doing more of, I guess, in the last six months, and I probably haven't really shared it, but it's just put, you know, every time I get into that, actually any part of the month, it doesn't matter (laughs) any time that I've started to feeling overwhelmed, a little bit more anxious is just like stopping and placing my hand on my heart and being like, it's okay. Like things are a little bit tough right now and it's okay. And I always ask myself like, what is it that you need right now? Like, what is it that you need right now? Do you, maybe you just need to sit down. Maybe you need to have a cup of tea. Maybe you need to go out to nature. Maybe you need to go out, you know, to the beach. And that's, you know, that's at any, like, I just want to rephrase that. That's at any time of the cycle, right? Yeah, absolutely. And a piece of that too is the role that stress plays in your hormones because, Stress, cortisol, which is the stress hormone, is also a hormone in the same building blocks that your body uses to create estrogen and progesterone and testosterone is also what's used to create cortisol. And in the order of importance, keeping your your body safe comes before reproduction. So anytime that you feel yourself in a heightened state of stress, and especially in our current world where so many of us live in chronic stress, that is then diverting resources to maintain this threshold of cortisol because our body doesn't feel safe. And I think this is especially true for women with PMDD because a lot of times we don't feel safe in our bodies. And so all of that can get heightened. And then not only are you dealing with PMDD symptoms, but then you can also start introducing hormone imbalances and issues you know, during that phase, but then across your whole month where then you no longer feel the full benefit of follicular phase. You feel like you have fewer and fewer good days because it just starts to, you know, spread. Mm, Absolutely. Now you've mentioned your husband (laughs) and I, I just know, I just got this inner like feeling. I was like, listeners always asking for tips on how to work, like, how do we bring the the partner in? How do we get them to understand how it sounds like your relationship with your husband? He's been there right from the get go, <laughs> quite early yeah, on. Yeah, so we, yeah, he's my high school sweetheart. So we we got married young. I was almost nineteen. I like to round up as if nineteen is you know better than eighteen, but I was. I was very young. Uh, he was, I think, 21. So we were both young. Um, and yeah, so we're going on 10 years of marriage this year. 
Um, so we've been together for a long time and yeah, he's an incredibly supportive partner and I can't, you know, downplay that in, in talking about it. And we actually just recorded um, a couple episodes together for my podcast um, about this to like bring his perspective in, because I think even when you're just talking about run of the mill PMS, there are so many communication issues around that. Um, And a big piece in that has been just the open communication about it. Um, anytime I'm learning anything, like he's getting the article sent to him and, and he's been really open to, to reading that and learning about that. Um, and over the years, we've sort of developed a pattern of, you know, what's our individual work that mm. needs to happen and what's together. Mm. Cause I mean, in the early years, like a lot of it was coping in terms of like, okay, we need to find ways to be together that don't involve talking. Because anytime in luteal phase that I would open my mouth, it was like I was picking fights, I was lashing out, and it was it wasn't healthy for either of us, and it wasn't fair to him either. So we did develop some sort of protective coping mechanisms in the beginning, um, but that's sort of changed over the years, and I think allowing space for how he experiences it as well. Because I think it's easy to talk about how hard your experience is because it's you're in it and it is so overwhelming. But understanding that they're living with it just as much as you are, even if it looks slightly different. Um, and so creating that space for him. But I mean, we talked about it of like, how did he we get through, especially the first four years before I had a diagnosis before um, any of that happened. And he told me, he's like, well, that's kind of what it looked like at my home, like his mom and sisters had pretty extreme mood swings and, and period pain and issues. So he was kind of like, I just thought that was normal. Mm. Although after we recorded, he was like, Oh, but I do remember this one time that I saw someone in a show who was bipolar. And I think I kind of like brought it up. Like, is this a thing? (laughs) I was like, I don't even remember, but I'm not, it's just funny. I'm sure he asked like in such a subtle way too, that I didn't even like register that he was saying like, you might have this. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Well, and, and now that you have mentioned the podcast, tell me a little bit, tell me a little bit that, so we'll definitely add um, your podcast to the show notes and everything. Cause I think that particular episode um, with your husband is going to be yeah, something that people will definitely want to listen to. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's really good. I've been editing through it and just, you know, trying to shorten it up a little bit, but there's been so much good perspective and I'm trying to leave as much of like his just authentic thoughts as possible because I think it's so valuable. Um, but my podcast is called Hormone Rants and uh, the real mission of it is just to bring more education to women about how their bodies work and kind of change the narrative around being hormonal and PMSing because it gets such a bad rap when if you're human, you're hormonal, like that's the reality and understanding that these, what look like mood swings and hormonal shifts are when things are out of balance. Those are the signals that your body's giving you. So that's really the the heart behind the show. Um, and then, yes, I have just recorded episodes with my husband and those I'll be releasing um, in February. So 
in the next few weeks. And uh, yeah. Amazing. And so, and so what is it that you're, how, what is it that you're doing at the moment? Tell us a little bit more specifically about how you are helping others. Um, Is it just PMDD or is it sort of more broad as well? Yeah. So my, um, it's more broad. Um, I'm definitely, I want to help women in a broader sense. And part of that is because I felt like as someone who struggled with PMDD, I had this sort of fire always there to keep looking for answers. And even in that place of having all of these reasons to find solutions because of just how difficult the experience was and how it was affecting my husband and my kids and all of that stuff. And it was still hard. It was the answers weren't as accessible as they should be or they needed to be. And so I really felt like there's so many women out there who don't even get that far in the process because their symptoms are not that bad or it's manageable enough that maybe they forget about it from period to period Mm -hmm. um, and kind of just move on with their life. But part of the mission is really to help women leverage their menstrual cycles to do all the things they want to do, to do more, to reach their goals, but without the burnout that comes when you're fighting your biology because we need more women, you know, as CEOs and climbing the corporate ladder and, and being entrepreneurs and showing up in this way while having kids and while having the relationships without, you know, hitting a wall that isn't just a societal wall, but a lot of leaving the workplace and stuff comes from hitting a physical wall of there's too many people who need things from you and you don't know how to show up in a way that actually feels good and isn't sacrificing health and relationships along the way. Mm. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm doing like fist pumps because we need, yes. we, we need more people like you to, to, to educate um, and give, give others the permission, right. To explore this and honor this, this menstrual cycle, because I think I use the word a lot in the last episode. It's powerful. It really, really is powerful. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got goosebumps because when you, you know, when when you know where you're at in your cycle, and you know, you do that little bit of scheduling, you do like exactly what you said at the start of the episode. You know, when you know when things need to be brainstormed or when things, you know, when you want to socialize, etc. Because you're just at your best at, for those activities in particular. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, particular parts of your cycle and it's it really is just so powerful yeah and and honoring kind of the the energy that comes with each and every one and how that helps you to show up in a really authentic way and one phase that we didn't get as deep into was the menstrual phase and I think that's such a powerful one to talk about in terms of energy because Mm. the two hemispheres of your brain are actually in the strongest communication during your menstrual phase, which is so powerful because all of these things that come up that often get dismissed as PMS are really the most like in tune and kind of true to your inner desires than any other point in your phase, uh, any other phase of your cycle. And that's so powerful to understand that like all these things coming up are worth being curious about and taking note but also knowing that you don't have to have the conversation that day because that's where we get in trouble. Like the conversation's not as productive during our periods as it is during ovulation, Mm. but 
paying attention to the things that come up and honoring that to help you pivot and think long-term and are the big plans I'm making, are they actually pushing me in the direction that I want to go? And we have this like constant checkup on that every month. And it's really powerful when you can tap into it. Absolutely. And and I think, um, you know, we, we've sp- said before that, you know, that even though like even if something else is coming into your world during that menstrual cycle because what we've said is you you're most intuitive you, there's just that that beautiful there's stuff that comes up um mm-hmm. but know that if you don't you know just maybe just jotting down becoming aware of whatever is coming up and the fact the the, the beautiful thing is that if you can't attend to it that month don't worry because it will come up <laughs> it will come up next month and the month after, and the month after, <laughs> until you actually address it, right? So it's okay mm-hmm. to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, until you're ready to do something. Yeah. <laughs> Just be like, if it comes up and you're like, holy shit, like that's that's a big one for me to deal with right now. It's okay if you put it, if you just note it down and go, okay, cool. That's a big one right now. I, I'm not, I just, I'm not in a position to be able to handle it. If you just put it to the side, don't worry. It will come up next month. <laughs> it will come up and that's okay. And when you're ready, <laughs> you get 12 chances a year <laughs> to deal with it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's so funny, isn't it? It's such a, it's such a, such a bizarre thing, but um, becoming more intuitive, like, yeah, just coming more aware of each cycle is just, it's just going to give so much power to you. So tell us, tell us how best can people get in contact with you and find you? Yes. So um, probably the best way to connect with me is on Instagram um, at Brianna Viegas coaching. And then uh, my website, briannaviegas.com. And I'm actually putting together a, a special page for your listeners that will have work is just sort of a hub. So there'll be some freebies there and just quick access to different ways that they can connect and work with me, um, whether through um, courses or or coaching um, that are available. Oh, you're amazing. Thank you so much. I'll definitely put everything that we've just spoken about in the show notes. But before we go, I always like to ask this question for anybody that has, um, has been sort of gone through the journey with PMDD. What has been a positive that has come out of it? Ah, that's such a good question. Um, and really thinking about the way that it's weaved into my identity. Um, that's actually a question my husband asked me not too long ago of like, you know, would you have like not, if you could have changed it and that changed that one thing about yourself. And it's just so hard to do because it's been a part of who I am for my whole adult life. Um, but I think it's something that's really taught me about just like what I'm capable of. And for so many years, I felt like it was this negative and holding me back. But looking back, I can just see like there's so much resilience and strength that was built over that time. And and also an empathy and understanding of where people are and what their hurdles are, even if they're invisible to what they can achieve. And I see that in parenting where I'm able to kind of meet my kids where they're at and they're four and under. So they're toddlers, they got big emotions and have no idea what to do with them. (laughs) And so meeting them there, uh, but then also in coaching and because I think especially in health and 
cycles and all these things, it's easy to have a threshold of this is what it looks like to do it perfectly. And that can feel so far away. And it's really given me this understanding of what's that first step that you can take to help create capacity to do just a little bit more. Because I remember when my first step to eating more and giving myself more fuel was grabbing like Nutella and pretzels or, you know, like it's just a little extra, but that's where I was at one point where I still ate the pretzels for dinner, but like I added some nut butter or something. So then it felt a little bit better, but making those steps then led to now I eat primarily whole foods and veggies and, you know, like all these things that at the time I couldn't have even seen myself as, Mm. but it's those baby steps. So I think that's been the way that I've seen it really shape me and, and my ability to give back too. I love that. I love that so much. Brianna, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on. Thank you so much for sharing um, all of your wisdom. I, yeah, I just, I, I truly got a lot out of it, even in the background, like there's just been so many things. So thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thanks so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening to this episode. Please ensure that you like, subscribe, follow, or whatever it is that you need to do to keep up to date with new episodes on your podcast listening platform. If you would like to get in touch with me, please email me at the podcast at gmail.com. Please make sure that you follow our new home on Instagram, which is at the underscore PMDD podcast. Thank you so much again. I look forward to chatting with you soon. Much love.